And you, you're how old is your daughter? She's three and a half. And how, does she know that? I mean, obviously, you lost your hair, right? Yeah. Can we talk yeah, about that? Nothing. Do you wanna? Do we wanna? Yeah, let's. Wow. <laughs> you got no hair. There's no hair. There's no eyebrows. There's the eye- So today's winging it. We're talking about the C word. What's the C word? If you don't know, you need to get to know. C word is the cancer. Cancer that has impacted so many lives. I've lost my grandmother to cancer, breast cancer, and I worry about it, if I'm honest, all the time, because once a family member has it, it increases your chances of having cancer. And I'm joined by two wonderful women that have experienced it firsthand. Ladies, (laughs) welcome to Winging It! Ladies, introduce yourselves, tell me about your journey. Let's start with you, Leanne. Okay, so I am Leanne, I'm 36, I'm from South East London, I've got a husband and a daughter, uh, and at the end of last year, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in my left breast and in the lymph nodes under my arm. So since then, I've been undergoing chemotherapy, I had 20 weeks of chemotherapy, which um, finished two weeks ago, so I'm two weeks out of chemotherapy, two and a half weeks out of chemotherapy, I've got surgery coming up um, where I'll have a lumpectomy, which is where they'll take the cancer out, the area where the cancer was, and they'll take all the lymph nodes from under my armpit, and then I'll have some radiotherapy, and hopefully I'll be sorted and finished and cured ish tell me about you girl so my name is d i was 28 when i was diagnosed um i had uh breast cancer it was her to triple positive and um how I found out, so prior to finding out, I didn't know anything about breast cancer. Well, I knew about breast cancer, but in terms of like checking for lumps mm-hmm. and things like that, had no idea. To be honest, if I'm honest with you, I didn't think it affected young people. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was the older yeah, yeah, yeah. women that it affected. So I was watching a program on ITV. It was like one of those um, charity what was it called? It was um, Full Monty and it had some celebrities on there um, raising awareness for breast cancer and they were going through how to check for lumps and things like this. So I said, okay, you know what? In the morning when I take my shower, I'll check. Lo and behold, took my shower, found the lump and that's where my journey started. So I went and got it checked out. At no point did I think it was breast cancer, cancer. though, because again, in my mind, I was like, I'm too young. Like, it's, yeah, it's you're not 28. That. Yeah. You're living it's your bestest life. Never. Plus, I don't have family history of cancer. Right. So that was my way of thinking. I'm fine. I'm fine. It can't be. Yeah. So um, they done the tests. And then two weeks later, I got the results and my world just changed and at Um, the time your son was how old my son was so i found out 11 days before my son's third birthday wow so um it was a difficult time because him being so young as well Mm. it was hard to kind of like explain Mm. to him what was going on and like the changes that were about to happen so um i had extensive um chemo i had i started in may no i started in june and i finished in december then i went on to have 
um, surgery, which is the same as Liang. Um, I had a lumpectomy and they took some lymph node sampling. So those came back clear. Um, and then I had a radiotherapy and then Herceptin, which is like a anti-cancer drug for a year. So, so I literally just finished in October. So there are so many terminologies that both of you have expressed that have gone over my head. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I don't know about triple positive, triple negative, triple something. That's one thing. Secondly, I thought you lose your breast when you have your breast surgery. So that's something that's very different. What I'm hearing is that something was removed. But also... You guys, your energy is so mad positive <laughs> for people that have endured cancer. Like, I'm not saying that you should be out here bawling in the streets, mm. but honestly, your aura, your energy is like survivor. Let's let's have it. You know, like like Papa, let's have it. Ha- what can you do, really? Like, what can you- so my daughter, I found my she's free now, and I found out two days before her birthday. And similarly, it's like. It's my child's birthday. Yeah. That was overriding quite at that point. But also, the world keeps turning. It does. Nothing stops. Literally. We still got to be mums. We still got to pay our bills. We still got to go and do all these things that we have to do. And that, for me, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm miserable quite a lot of the time. Like, I'm still very much in this, you know? Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I cry a lot. I mm. get really down, very, very down. But also, there's still so much to live for. Like, yes. I'm not going to... I might die, but I'm not going to die. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they're... I'm uh, stage three, but they're looking to cure me. Mm. So... So what does the stages mean? Let's break that down. And then help me understand the triple negative mm. area. So your stages are based on... And it starts from... Um, you know, stage one, stage zero is where they might find cells that are going to turn cancerous. Right. So that's like a little mole on your back. Yeah. They think this, right. this, this could be something perhaps. Then depending on the size of the tumour and how many lymph nodes it's affected, they, they grade you up and up and up. So stage two might be the tumour is less than five centimetres and it's in no lymph nodes. Mm. And then it's like two AB. Mm. Stage three is usually where it's um, sort of around five centimetres and also in the lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point where it gets to stage four, which is it's in a lot of the lymph nodes and it's a very big tumour. And the difference between stage three and stage four is stage three and below, they're generally going to cure you. Stage four, they're going to manage you. And when you say manage, does that mean prolong life? Yeah. So ultimately you're going to die. We're all going to die anyway, yes. but yeah. um, stage four is that they can't cure the cancer. They can't cure the cancer, um, but what they can do is get rid of it and and try and stop it spreading elsewhere. So you had stage three too. I had stage two, stage but it was two. a ga- grade three. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well. So um, I think basically what Leanne said. So in terms of like the type of cancer that I had, it was growing rapidly, mm-hmm. but it was contained, if that makes sense. Right. Like it was manageable. It, it would have been manageable with treatment and radiotherapy and things like that. So in my case, I kind of caught it early. So, but you were 28 and you know, like you were saying that you thought only older people had it. What did they talk to you about? Because honestly, in my, and I'm 39, 
I haven't met many young people with cancer. So how is it something that we're eating? Is it pollution? What What's changed? I'll be honest with you. I don't think for me it was anything I ate or... Um, I was going through a very stressful time in my life mm. where I was holding on to a lot of things like emotional things and I thought that that was part of the reason Dude. why I had I think a lot of people underestimate the power that stress can do to the Trust body me. Mm. and for me mm. I was under a lot of stress with my son's dad just it was a lot it was mm. a trying time and I got out of the relationship and it was kind of me trying to find my feet mm. again but then at the same time I was still vexed from what the idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. was doing <laughs> yeah. prior so like I was holding so much in and then lo and behold boom this happened so I think it was like a gradual um what's it called like it was a gradual thing for me like I was just I think it was stress I'll be mm. honest with you I think personally mine was due to what I'd experienced in do you the think past. yours was stress related how do you Sorry, before I, I go into that, um, just the differences between triple negative and yes. hormone positive breast cancers. So hormone positive breast cancers, there are hormone receptors in our body and where there are hormonal changes. So like you say, stress mm-hmm. can cause hormonal changes. Um, that's where the cancer is growing. So the hormonal changes have caused the cancer cells to grow. And then with triple negative breast cancer, there are no hormonal receptors in it. Um, Triple negative. So hormone positive cancers are not normally genetic. So like you say, there's no family history. Mine wasn't genetic. I had genetic tests on. Yeah. But triple negative breast cancer can be genetic. It's not caused by the hormonal receptors. It's essentially your genes saying, "Mm mm-mm, no mm. so like your bo- right. it's it's your body different. rejecting it almost um I d- yeah i'm not a doctor but you know there's something gone wrong within your body triple negative breast cancer affects younger women women of color more um you know we're more likely to get triple negative breast cancer than other people why i wish i knew lifestyle factors perhaps so i don't believe that anything i ate caused my cancer but lifestyle factors are are a part of it. I'm overweight, you know, mm. I'm a mixed race black woman, I'm under 40. So all of those are, are quite high, um, you know, they're risk factors. Mm. Um, and as we That's know, in general, scary. cancer affects black people more than it does others. Yes. I didn't know this, by the way, until I looked into that, because really and truly, I was just thinking, why am I not seeing black people talking about it? Yeah, because they don't. And yeah, there's that massive... Is it shame? Like, no, well, yeah, I think it's a number of things. I think it's shame, like, evil eye. I don't want that person to know because they might, you know, wish me bad, you know. So there's that. You're Ghanaian? Yeah. And so culturally, how is cancer seen in the Ghanaian community? Um, It's obviously seen bad. It's a a bad thing. Um, Some people say, like, what did you do to get it? Mm. Like are you a wicked person? I mean, this didn't happen to me, but I hear of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, you must be a wicked person. That's why you got it. Or no, um, 
things like, so my mum, for instance, she didn't want me to share my story because we're Christian Mm -hmm. and she just wanted to keep it within the home. She didn't want wicked people to know and then possibly do stuff. Um, oh bless her so she wanted me to i know she meant well but for me it was like i need to tell my story and i need to kind of offload and hopefully help others but but that's culturally how we do we are i feel as black people we're martyrs yeah we like to carry burdens and carry problems and not go to therapies and carry the weight and i think myself I think it's to do with our baggage from slavery and and Mm. the weight that we carried in terms of our trauma and so naturally our older generations want us to be like them Mm. and carry the weight because we must we must carry it we've got broad shoulders we should be able to carry the weight but why why who says why Mm. so you were saying about your journey in terms of finding your cancer yeah, so similarly, I found a lump. I literally rolled over in bed, was like, morning, touch the boobies. Oh, what's that under my arm? That's so you just touch the boobies regular? Yeah, you should. You really should. Know your body. Mm. Like, I'm all about knowing your body. Like, mm. not, in, not, in a, not in a funny way, but what does it feel like today? What do my arms feel like? What does my breast feel Ooh. like? What does my belly feel like? You sound really grounded. I like this. I just... I just need to know, like, I like I'm to touch not, myself. I'm not a toucher, like you know. New spot here, mm. what's that, what's that, have a check. So I literally rolled over in bed, I had the day off, and I was just kind of hugging myself, hug mm. yourself, love yourself. And I was like, oh, there's a, that's that's new, mm. that's that's new. Um, and for a while, in terms of symptoms, like, I'd been feeling like my armpit was quite full. You know when you get sick anyway and your glands go up and you feel a bit mm. swollen? But I had this, like fullness under my armpit like I might feel like is there a tennis ball under there or something but I just maybe I'm a bit run down today because what I understood is that sometimes you get the armpit glands swell because you got someone said to me you get hit on the outside don't ask me why they said that and then you get like a swollen gland or it could be like an ingrowing hair or something like that so your lymph I thought I had my glasses on your lymph nodes um are there to uh filter the blood and the fluid in your body. So when you're sick, your lymph nodes work really, really hard to kind of filter out any anything that's there. But it's how fluid travels around your body through your lymph nodes. Right. Um, so once when the cancer spread to my lymph nodes, that it basically matted them. They became clumped together. Uh, a doctor described them as chunky the other day. I was like, thanks. <laughs> but you know, they the cancer gets in there and it clogs them up and that's how the cancer travels through your body, through the lymph nodes or through your blood if it's a blood cancer and things mm, like that. Right. So <clears throat> when I when I did, I called the doctor. At first I was like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be cancer. At no point mm. did I think it was going to be cancer because it was, I could move it. It was a movable lump. It was oh, quite, so it's move. It's not, not like moving around my body, but you know, if I, if I touch how it, big, it How big would you slightly. say it was? Is it like a golf ball? No, mine felt like a... A bean, like a a large, like a broad bean or something. You really, know? so small, small. Yeah, mine was like a grape. It was like a size of a long grape. Mm. So I'm here thinking, honestly, I'm thinking you will feel it like a golf ball. No lump. No. If you it's can tiny. feel a golf ball lump, you must have been feeling that lump for a while. 
If, yeah. like, if someone's like, I've got a golf ball there. Yeah, I guess it so. wouldn't feel comfortable. You know, you wouldn't yeah. feel comfortable. But wait, wait, wait. So it's on the outside of your breast? Could be anywhere. Could be, yeah. could be anywhere. That's why when you're checking your breast, you check every, you check here, you check your chest. Because mm-hmm. you've got lymph nodes in your chest here. You check your chest. You check to see if your nipple is, is um, secreting any fluids, any blood, okay. any crust. Let me talk about that secretion. Mm-hmm. I was in the bath the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was touching my breast and oh, milk no. came out. <laughs> <laughs> my child is five. So you're saying look for secretion, but that could have been a, that might not been milk. It could have been a secretion, no? And if you're worried, what do you do? I don't tell nobody I put my bra on. <laughs> you know, like, I, I haven't said it. I, but I haven't spoken about yeah. that. Because I just assumed that, you know, I've been a mum and I've been told that you kind of do like, just keep, producing milk mm. and even though that milk is probably sour and powdered <laughs> after five years <laughs> you know them one like whoa i wouldn't like to be the receiver of that that's really strange i never thought there would be a secretion but this is why you have to be body aware this is why you have to know what your normal is mm-hmm. because similarly um tiana stopped breastfeeding at 13 months and a year down the line i was still getting milk coming out of my breast mm. if i gave him a good squeeze like yeah oh, yeah, yeah. But then I realised that was normal for me. So that was okay because that's normal for me. If when you're doing your bodily examinations, you're like, that's not normal for me. That pain is new. Mm. That swelling is new. That mole is new. That's not normal. Dimpling. You know, if your breast starts to look like orange orange peel all of a sudden or it's swollen, mm. inflamed, red to touch. Do you not think that's complicated? Because when you have your period, your body changes, Yeah. And I have swollen breasts on my period or, you know, just before when you're ovulating. So how do you know when it's just like, you know what I mean? Like bodily monthly changes compared to potentially cancerous things. You can't go around worrying about cancer all the time. Is this cancer, right? Mm -hmm. But you, you know that your breasts swell every month. Yeah. So I know... My friend laughed at me about this because I know which side I'm ovulating on each month. Oh, I know where the pain is. She knows her body. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nah, you know, like, but you should. No, but I think I grew up. I grew up in in a in a shameful family. Like we did not talk about those things. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't explore. But you just talked about breaking generational trauma. I know, but I talk about it. I'm not saying I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> oh my God. This is not, this is not what this episode is I'm about, sorry. actually. I'm challenging oh that. Oh my God. <laughs> like, culturally, is that something your mum spoke to you about? Like, checking at yourself and them things? No. She never had that convo. Never had Even that now, how is that convo with her? Very awkward. Is it? Yeah. Why as, as a big woman, it's like, I mean, I'm very open with my mum, but sometimes my mum's like, is this my child? Really? Like, she gets f- cringed by, like, these sorts of conversations. And so your son, are you open with conversations with oh, him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very honest and open. Like, in terms of things like consent, um, mm. he was very attached to my breasts. Mm. And, you know, occasionally will, you know, try and touch my breasts and stuff and I'm like no you have to ask you can't just go around yes, and touching true. people's bums and breasts you have to ask even mummies yeah like you you can't just do that son so literally I'm just training him to 
it's kind of like what you were saying, generational um, <laughs> trauma. traumas. That I'm trying to break that and just be as honest and open with him in things like that. And you, you're so how old is your daughter? She's three and a half. And how, does she know that? I mean, obviously you lost your hair, right? Yeah. Can we talk yeah, about nothing. that? Do you wanna? Do we wanna? Yeah, let's. No hair. There's no hair. There's no eyebrows. There's, the eyebrows Why? You like back. it? Like I think you are. Eyelashes You've got are a really back. good good head shape, which is very Thanks. fortunate for you. How did that journey go? It was hard for me because my hair. I mean, for most of us, our hair is our crowning glory. This like, is it. No matter how long or short it is, mm. we take pride in it. We as women, yeah. we take much much pride in our we hair. Do. And my hair was very long. It's very curly. Mm. I've been growing it for years. Um, and as soon as they said about the chemo and I looked up what chemo I was going to be on because not all chemos make you oh, lose your hair that's okay. another thing okay I didn't know that not everyone will lose their hair mm. with chemotherapy um, but my one was like yeah you will lose all the hair on your body like everything 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 everything. Yep. everything everything I think that for me was the best part I listen <laughs> yeah. no waxing no shaving hey right? girl it literally just, that was the yeah. best part well I have just discovered two grey hairs down there they'll go yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting that's a way to get rid of the brain. No, <laughs> no, no, no. bit extreme. Wow. So why? Okay, so explain to me what is chemotherapy? What is it doing to your body? It's essentially killing the cells in your body by ro- so. So, so it's, wait, it's you've got toxic. chemo and then you've got radiation, radiotherapy, radiotherapy. Yeah. So chemotherapy is about the whole body, right? They and will, how does it look what, when you go into the doctors? What are they what are they doing to you? So I had a pick line. Did you have pick line? I had a pick line, but then it got infected, so I then had a port. Okay, so the pick line. So there's three ways. You've got a cannula, which they'll put in your hand or your arm, which comes out. Put it in on the day. They'll take it out on the day. So most chemo drugs are given intravenously for mm. a drip, um, and then a cannula is the first one. That's if you've got good veins. If you've got good veins and they've got no trouble finding them, then they'll put a cannula in. I had terrible veins. You would have as well. If they I gave you a still line. have the burn. Yeah, oh, I've got a bruise I've had since the February. Chemo. So what's the, is, this, is this the product going in your body and mm-hmm. burning? So wait, wait, wait. wait oh, wait. you had it ex- excavated. So were you Did feeling it, it burn? It, it, yeah, it's... it's it's so painful mm. like it's not nice so excavation so. is where because the chemotherapy is toxic you can't touch it the nurses don't touch it yeah. they wear it comes they in wear a bag gloves. as well they have to put a casing over it mm. um, and excavation is where it will break out of the vein and essentially kind of like bleed out of, um, under the skin um, so then it's basically poison it's poison so you're feeling this burning in your hand yeah. and what do they do take it out straight away um, well once it once I had that burning feeling, I was like, it's hurting, it's hurting, it's hurting. So then they she took it off, and then I luckily I had they had a spare appointment that day to put the pick line in. So this was like my second chemo, um, and they were like, yeah, no, we don't want to put it through the IV, you know, um, through your hand. So they done the pick line, and I had my treatments through that for a while, but then. It got infected. And, why don't they change your arm? Um, because because why they don't do it they on don't the side do it on the side that the, side the, that the ca- yeah that the cancer is or isn't is that, they yeah. won't put it on the side that the cancer is. I thought they were trying to kill the cells. No, yeah, I don't know why they don't put it on the side, but they will always put it on the opposite side um, because it's going through your whole body. 
Mm. It's going so a pick line is basically a wire. If you think of it as a wire that goes up into your arm and into your chest near your heart, mm. and so it's it's semi permanent. So you, they put a dressing on it. It has to stay sterile. And you, and you get it cleaned. It. You get like, it cleaned once a week. Yeah. You go in. They change the dressing. They so you go home with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you so, so you got this drip on you. It's not a drip. No. So the drip doesn't come home with you. It's oh. basically what they will connect the drip to. So why they still? Like, it's like a needle. So your... why are you walking around with the needle? If it's not a needle, it's a tube. Yeah. Um, but because veins are so sensitive and they get damaged really easily, and oh. in in my case and probably in your case it. A cannula is not suitable. Like my veins, it took them four attempts to put my pick line in because my veins kept collapsing. Should have been a fifteen-minute procedure. It took yeah. an hour. I By the end of it, I was traumatized. Traumatized, and it hurts. It's so horrible. It shouldn't hurt, but mine was uncomfortable when they put it in. Mm. And then your your pick line got infected, and then when did it go? Um, oh, I can't remember chemo brain. I can't remember when it went, but um, I had to get the port put in which is like a little device is that the scarring that, yeah. you have so that goes in i thought that scarring was from the surgery no so it is like a little surgery that they do to put the port in and so instead of having it in the arm they put they use like these it's like it's like a circle and then in the circle there's like four little pins and then they connect it into the port and that's how my medication was given to me so your daughter, we were talking mm. about her knowing about it. Yeah, so she would see my pick line and be like, oh, what's that on your arm, mummy? Is your arm better today? And she'd want to stroke it. I stroke it for you. Um, she'd want to, if every time I went to the doctor, she'd be like, did they fix it? Did they fix it? Because for her, that was my sickness. Mm. You can't see cancer. But she could see that. She knew I was going to the hospital. She knows I go to the hospital. She knows I'm not well. Um so that is her physical representation of the cancer. What is it, mummy? Are you okay? How are you feeling today? Mm. Every time. Did they fix it? And now it's gone. She's like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. And so how did she cope with your hair loss? So um, she she did really, really well with it. I shaved it off overnight and I didn't tell her that I was doing it. I didn't, what am I going to say to her? So the next day I went in, uh, I said, oh, morning. And I had a, had on a, like a little turban. I said, so mummy cut her hair last night. Do you want to see it? And she's like, yeah, okay then. She's so happy all the time, mm. all the time. So I took it off and it sounds like one of those cringy things that people put on Twitter, but she genuinely said, oh, mummy, you look so beautiful. Oh. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to be okay. Mm. You're going to be I'm good. Gonna be okay. Did you lose your hair too? Yeah, I lost my hair and my son reacted in the same way as well. So prior to my diagnosis, I cut my hair short Okay, because I was like, okay, I don't have control over this situation, but at least let me have control of my hair. Mm. So um, I think after my second... So I had a cold cap. A cold cap is like a cold cap that goes on your hair, on your head. It's supposed to prevent you from losing hair. Okay. But if I'm honest, it doesn't work for black people. So um, I, I think after the second chemo, 
I started losing hair. So I look like the old man with like no hair in the middle. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, it's getting bigger and bigger and I can't disguise it no more. Like I kept on moving hair You can't do a sleepover. No. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I was over. like, nothing was working. So literally how my hair is now, I just thought, you know what? Go barbers, cut it off. Cut it off. And I felt good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I felt good. I'm like, yes, you've got this. Because this is you, you know. Like, I don't even want to see a wig on you. I don't even want to see hair. Like, do you know, like, you're stunning. Thank and so you. hair, I just think, will take... I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I could you. not imagine you with hair. And the colour Yeah. bad. My son saw it. He's like, wow, mummy. You look amazing. Oh, I was like, oh, baby. Just that, it just gave me that boost. Mm. Okay, let's go. Let's, mm. let's, let's do this. Let's do this. My son was my champion yeah like he was my reason to they just keep, keep on going. like literally and can you imagine the people that don't have that oh like what happens look cancer is very very lonely yeah. and going through it in a pandemic is not something that i would wish on anybody because mm, um i don't when you go through your treatment was it covid could you have people with you so um i started my radiotherapy um, during the COVID, the pandemic, so I couldn't go with anyone. But my f- first week, I had um, a girl that I used to go to school with, and she literally was my person. Um, she was my radiographer, but she was, you know, because I knew her, I felt, okay, I can do this, because I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. So I was thankful that she was there, to like hold my hand and yeah. guide me through. So um, luckily for me, I had that. You I can't imagine that. what no. it would have been like not to so have what had. Um The nurses are amazing. Yeah, they they are. are amazing. But every single time you go into chemo, it's not like on TV where they're sitting there. With tea. With tea. I mean, you get the late, the tea lady was my mm. saviour. She'd come around and bring sandwiches. I'm like, have a sandwich, please. It's not lunchtime yet. Mm. Um, you know, she was like an auntie. She would, you know, look after us. Yeah. But what just having someone to sit next to me and chat to me because in our in where I was um no one really talked to each other mm. no one really talked to you you might say hello but you're not seeing the same people every week mm. and so to be sitting there on my own was quite what made it very very difficult but also what are you thinking about I mean mostly I'm thinking about my belly <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. They they put you on, so they give you steroids, right? They give you steroids. So again, you ask what the chemotherapy does. It basically wipes out all the cells in your body. It's trying to kill the cancer cells. But while it's doing that, it kills your hair cells. It kills your nails. Anything that can grow, it's killing it. It's killing it. It wipes out your um, red blood cells. So I got so anemic that I had to have transfusions. Some people wipes out their white blood cells, which are their immune systems. Mm -hmm. And then they get infections. So it's for some of my chemo, I had to do daily injections to keep my white blood cells mm, up. Yeah. And then, did you have that? I had to do that. Feel, feel black grasping. Oh my God. And you know what? Pain. Like, if if um, the neutrophils didn't go up, mm. then you missed the chemo yeah, sessions. Chemo. So it's like oh, another week. Have It's like another week added. on. Because yeah. for me, I used to count down. Okay, Every, tick, done that, tick done that. Off, off. So when something went wrong, like for instance... Um, 
having the injections and my count still hasn't gone up. Mm. I'm like, so there was a time where they, um, I had to take the injections and my account didn't go up. So they had to cancel the chemo. And I think I had like maybe four more left. I broke down. I was like, I can't do this no more. Is it that you're waiting for the chemo to end to feel cured? Just Just to feel feel normal. Yeah, Mm. because it makes you tired. It makes you sick. Your appetite goes. Your tongue, like you get these spots on your tongue. You can't even brush your mouth because it hurts. It hurts. It's horrible. It's, it breaks, it's, it's literally poisoning your body. When the doctor was like the poison, when he didn't even refer to it as chemo, he referred to it as the poison. I was like, okay, this means I'm not imagining how I'm feeling. Mm. Imagine your most tiredest day where you're like, I can't get out of bed today. Everything Times I want to 10. Do. Times 10. Yeah. Mad. Where you literally and cannot lift yourself you're out You're fortunate because you've got your husband. And yeah. How is he dealing with all of this? He's great. He's great. And I don't... It's hard on him as well, watching me. And I don't know about you, but I know that I've minimised this so much. I've minimised it so much to the point where when I was telling people, oh, it's just a little bit of cancer, nothing, no, no, no. No, it's cancer. It's big, you know. It's big. There's no, even if you find it early, it's cancer. So he's dealt with it really well. But when you're used to someone who just gets up and does it, gets up and does Mm. it. So there's been a couple of times where I'd be like, I cannot get out of bed today. And I know that really, for him, that's like, wow, she's not well. Yeah. She is not well. But then there's the fact that I would do my very best to get up and carry on and do things. But don't things. you feel like you're putting too much pressure on yourself? 100%. And why do you not stop? Because if I stop, then other people are going to know how unwell I am and it's going to make them worry. If, if I stopped, if I was like, I can't do this, then they're going to be like, holy crap. This is serious. You need to be taking care of. Of course. But I couldn't even really, because like I said, we're in a pandemic. Who's coming to my house? Mm. A a couple of times. So one of my friends, we basically, you know, she was single. We kind of bubbled up. So she would come Mm. over a little bit. But there was no one. There was no one to come and see me. There was no one to come and look after me. I still had to work. A bit lucky I could work from bed. My daughter still needed to get to her child mind. But why are you working? Is there no fund for people that are... Not when you're self-employed. Not when you're self-employed in a pandemic. And the most annoying thing was, just before I got diagnosed, I was sorting out all my health insurances, my pensions, my will. And then I got cancer. And so now it's like, I still don't have health insurance because really it's going to cost me a bomb. But, um, you know. So Chris has been fantastic. He's been amazing. But within the limits that I allow him, I guess, because I will sit there and be like, I'm okay. It's, it was, I moan a lot. I moan, oh, everything hurts. Oh, but it does, hurts. it hurts. I don't know why you would even call it moaning. You're talking your truth. It hurts. But if it, did you ever feel like that? That you don't want to bother people. No. For me, I, I didn't want to like. See this martyr thing on a carrying. See me. Everybody must know. <laughs> me tired. <laughs> Who's coming? Who's coming to help me? Who's cooking? Where's the dinner at? Come on. No, but you know what it is? My, my mum would work I'm a single parent as well Mm. so I wasn't getting the help from my son's dad so if I weren't doing the thing who would Mm -hmm. I had no choice but to get up and do what I needed to do don't get me wrong this is the thing you know people don't understand there was like I had friends and family helping Mm -hmm. me out as well did you feel lonely? I felt so lonely I felt so lonely because I'm like, no one understands. If Even if I try and tell them, 
you you're not in my shoes. So but what about can't... cancer groups and stuff? Do you not not feel like the I didn't camaraderie from that or I didn't use any I didn't know of any cancer groups until I'd say the end of my treatment. Really? I didn't see anyone who looked like me. I didn't meet anyone who looked like me. Like truly, I was alone in it cuz like yeah, there was no one who was even my age. So mm-hmm. even in the room, I'm looking around, it's all white old ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was the only black young person in the room. So who am I really relating to? You're right. So where do you find this this companionship? I guess it is a a very isolating experience, even though, you know, because each cancer is different because you've both had breast cancer, but different, mm. different uh, grades and different diagnoses. But you're here doing this on your own. And so you're approaching your surgery in three weeks. Mm. Are you nervous? Yeah, I had my meeting yesterday to get my surgery day and... I thought, now that chemo's over, I thought this is going to be a breeze. Surgery's going to be a breeze. Everything else is going to be a breeze compared to the nightmare that was chemo. Mm. And I went into that meeting and the doctor started talking and I just started crying, to be honest. I couldn't really hold the tears because now I'm like, okay. He said I can have a lumpectomy, but recurrence, I don't know about recurrence rates for um, hormone positive, but triple negative breast cancer has is very aggressive, has very high recurrence rates. And very high rates of you're going to get other cancer. So, and there's nothing that they can really do about it. So when he said I can have a lumpectomy, I was like, why are you choosing a lumpectomy over a mastectomy? Which is where they all take the whole breast. So would you rather that? What I said to him was, I don't want a mastectomy, but I don't want the cancer to come back. Mm -hmm. And then what he said was, well, the recurrence rates between whether you have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy are pretty much the same. So we want to go as simple as possible. He said, if you want a mastectomy, I'll give you a mastectomy. If you want a lumpectomy and your breasts reduced, I'll do that. Like, I'll do whatever you want. But really what you want to do is go as simple as possible. Like, so don't go overboard. Now. So yeah, I've gone for the lumpectomy, the full lymph node clearance, where they'll take out all the lymph nodes under the arm. Um, he said I can change my mind, but you know, I also don't want a long recovery time. The more serious the surgery, the longer the recovery. Mm. You know, let's not forget, <laughs> I'm a martyr. I've got a three year old. <laughs> I want to be out there doing things. Um, so yeah, I've gone for a lumpectomy. Wow. Tell me about your surgery. So yeah, tell me about your surgery. <laughs> what happens? Uh, initially, I was. They told me they were gonna have. I was gonna have a mastectomy. So you um, were gonna lose your entire breast. Yeah, they said to me the type of cancer that I had. It was aggressive, um, and they didn't even think chemo would even work. Wow. So wait, wait, wait. But you're stage two, and she's stage three. Listen, what this is what I don't understand. The, you've got a let. Because what? But the stages is how advanced it is. Okay. Okay. So Not how serious it is. No, the grade is how serious it is. So we were both grade yeah. three. Um, I was grade two. You was grade. Three. I was. I was stage three. Okay. So stages yeah, is how both, advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you were stage two. Mm-hmm. I was stage three. Yeah. The grades are how aggressive it is. Yeah. How fast so it's right, growing. Yeah, so I we're was, both stage mm. three and how fast it's growing. Right. Okay. And then the whether it's hormone positive or hormone negative. Right. Okay, so so um yeah they, I, I was like I'm a woman I'm gonna lose my hair now now I'm gonna lose my breasts, 
I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So um, the surgery time came. No, actually. So I finished chemo and they said that I had a radical response. Oh, they wow. didn't even know how you know so i was like well my mom is praying yeah, i'm telling <laughs> you that's how <laughs> so um yeah i got the all clear and i you know what i was back and forth i was like should i still get the mastectomy because i don't want to be here again mm-hmm. um or should i stick with the lumpectomy i was back and forth back and forth for time and then eventually i was just like you know what i'm just gonna go and do the lumpectomy because for me i just didn't there, I had so many changes in my body and I just, I didn't want to lose my breasts, I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. So I just opted for the lumpectomy. She did take like a portion of my breast out as well. Um, and like I do, so the recovery process was, it didn't hurt, you mm. know, it actually didn't hurt. Okay, great. Um, I think I took about, three weeks to fully like recover but i had like numbness in my shoulder because they took lymph nodes as well um so i had numbness in my shoulder i had numbness in my breast for a while i'm talking about so i had the surgery in february um and then i had radiotherapy so the radiotherapy made it even more numb so the numbness stayed with me for about i'd say seven eight months like it was it felt so weird because imagine like going like this you can't feel nothing going Mm. like that can't feel nothing it's just weird so um it wasn't painful at all um I recovered pretty fast I think a week and a half the stitches had already dissolved and um like I could you know they the plaster Mm. so the plaster they removed it within a week and a half so how do you feel like sexually now okay so <laughs> so right like it's breast is is yeah for me i've got two different breast sizes now okay i do not like it so i'm actually having a surgery next month to make match them up really? um i didn't feel confident um having sex or getting intimate with anyone because it was like <laughs> my body like i'm still trying to get used to it like i don't want to show it to someone else too so um it did take me a while to get intimate again um you got in your groove uh, yeah then i got <laughs> stella back <and laughs> you know yeah can't hold her down you know <laughs> so um yeah i mean now slowly but surely i think i i was just doing little things to just make myself feel better again mm-hmm. so like makeup mm-hmm. my hair my hair for me i was like okay i start my hair started to grow back and it it changed texture mm-hmm. so i had like coolie kind right. of texture before it was very cotton-y cool. yeah yeah coarse. yeah so i was like oh girl your hair's all like <laughs> yeah so i was feeling myself you know and then eventually i was like okay you know what my birthday came so i decided to dye it so i dyed it like a gingery kind nice. of color and i was like oh you know what i don't think i can go back to having long hair again because mm-hmm. i just like how i look with yeah short hair now so I mean, it did take a while to build my confidence back up again. Um, But, I mean, self-care, self-love. I mean, you said it earlier. In the beginning, touching myself, and it was very, like, weird to me. But now, 
I touch everywhere. Listen, so, you so, have to know your body. This is it. So you're in a relationship now, and I'm assuming, I can only assume that cancer has has impacted your sexual intimacy. Yeah, I mean, my drive before was quite high. I just, I, I've put on freestone through the drugs. Like, freestone in four months, man. Yeah. I feel like a potato. You know, I don't feel sexy right now. I don't... Who would, who would wanna? Your husband. Mm, yeah, maybe, but <laughs> no. But, that's I don't, the but even process, if he does want it? to, mm. I don't want to. Mm. I I don't want him to touch me. I want to be held. I want to be hugged. I want to mm. be like loved and comforted. Mm. But I don't feel sexual. Nah. Do you feel pressured to though? Because oh, no. you're someone's wife. You know. You know the stigma. Mm-hmm. No. no way. No way. Not at all. And so when this ends, Stella will be back. Yes. 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 Some Once, outfits. I've got some links for you, girl. This is what I'm saying. I've got some plus size things because I've been this big girl forever. So I can introduce you <laughs> to that freestone life because... It's no, but once us. you come off the steroids, you literally drop really? That's what I'm waiting for. Because the thing is as you well, right? You drop it without... Before cancer. So this is something that we haven't really talked about yet. Like how I felt before chemo, forget about before cancer... You know, the biggest shock for me was I was healthy. I was running three times a week. I was training for a marathon. I was doing this, that and the other. I was as fit and as strong as I'd been, yeah? And it's not the cancer that's made me sick. It's the, it's chemo. the chemo. Really? It's the, it's the, the chemo, chemo that makes you sick. everything up. Jeez. And so it's very hard for me to get my head around the fact that on this date, you know, mm-hmm. I was all fine, mm-hmm. absolutely fine, healthy, great. And then on the 30th of December, I had chemotherapy. And from that second, everything changed. changed. Everything changed. I went from healthy to and loving life. And even though I had cancer, I didn't know I had cancer. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the alternative to the chemotherapy? Death. Oh, shit. Okay. Is it you, like the chem- I mean, you could go the holly, ho- holistic. holistic. I can never say that word. <laughs> holistic way. Um which works for some people, but it's, it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. But know? the journey doesn't end because then you still need radiotherapy after. There are people who would, who, I know somebody who was like, you don't need chemo. Mm. This, 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 like greens, I can, it's expensive. No sugars, it's hard, no it's this. that. And you'll cure your cancer, mm-hmm. which is great. But we don't know that it's going to work. For me, right? <laughs> it may have worked for that person, but for me, how do, do you, you know? want to risk it? Yeah, because then you've got spreading and all sorts. Yeah, so By, while you're sipping your green kale, like things could be happening. And when you've got like children and stuff I as know. well, are you going to risk it? It's that you can't be. I mean, not saying that people who do that are selfish, but for me, I didn't want to take that risk. Mm. I think it's it's really important this conversation because someone like myself. I don't like the look of my breasts without my bra on. Mm-hmm. And I have researched about implants and uplifts and whatever. And I think my appreciation of what God has just given me has mm-hmm. now been reawoken by this conversation mm-hmm. because I'm out here just trying to cosmetically change things that you guys are being forced to change. But that's okay because 
I I really believe so people are like oh you know you say how are you and they don't want to tell you how they are they don't want to tell you how they're looking because you've got cancer and so everything is automatically shit no because you're going through what you're going through so you never feel bad about the fact that you might want to change this or might want to change that because someone else has to change it Mm, that's That's all right I used to hate people pitying me don't Mm. feel sorry for me that get on with your life I'll be fine you see me do I look like I have cancer? No, because that was one thing. Uh, besides, like, no eyebrows and no hair, everyone was like, wow, like, you carry yourself so, like, you don't have cancer. Like, mm. you carry yourself so vibrantly. I mean, out of door. Yeah. Indoor was a different thing. But, mm. like, I just didn't want people to feel sorry for me. Oh, here comes the girl with the cancer. Mm. Like, let's all bring the violins out. So I used to, <laughs> it used to get on, like, my friends and family's nerves the fact that I just didn't want the pity or like I didn't want help as well like don't how do I say it? like don't um oh what's the word some people will call me stubborn or prideful that's what I used to hear all the time oh put your pride aside and just ask for help but to me I felt like I was capable of doing that and I just it was normal for me I wanted to feel normal yeah. so let me feel normal you know and I mean, you 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 touched on the potential of cancer coming to your body in in other areas potentially. What could you do to prevent that spread? I can get as fit and strong as possible, mm-hmm. right? I can eat right. I'm not saying live on a vegan diet of mm-hmm. alfalfa and sprouts, but I can. My goal now is to get as fit and strong as possible mm. and to be as healthy as possible. While still enjoying life, I'm still going to drink. I'm still going to eat ice cream. Mm. But, you know, the best way to avoid cancer, and we talked about stress cause your cancer, did diet cause your cancer, not necessarily, but lifestyle is a factor. Mm-hmm. And we have to be honest about that. You know, I could be the You see people, the healthiest, strongest people in the world, and they still get still. cancer. Mm. But what we can do is we can just try and live our very best lives, our healthiest lives, our strongest life, which we should be doing anyway. Like mm. we've got children, I've got a child. Mm. So she needs me around regardless whether it's cancer, yeah. heart disease, diabetes. Yeah. I should. We should all be striving to be as strong as we can so that our children can see us. And what should we do as a community of black women to help each other? I think we could be open, right? Yeah. yeah. I think we could be open. Um because I've seen wonderful pages like uh, Black Women Rising. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Amazing. And that's where I found you girls. Amazing. Yeah. And I was so encouraged by that page. Yeah. People's stories, people's journeys. And it it's life-changing when you get to listen to the way that people endure and overcome. Mm-hmm. And it can only but encourage. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. The platforms, and this is why I wanted to produce a podcast that speaks of things that are not necessarily spoken. Because we can sit here and we can talk about the rare tear, the kiki, and all day. And people complain. They say, oh, you always talk about stuff that's so deep. But I talk about stuff that's real. Because mm-hmm. you guys are real humans that are going through real things. I mean, you could sit down and talk about man and labrish all day long. <laughs> but are those the things that really matter? Not to me. And wherever you are in your life, and maybe it's my age, but these are the things that matter. And I think I will continue to do my bit. I'm always, I mean, I'm probably the slowest, but I do my camps, my my walk. I do my walk. I do that. I did the mud on on 
Clapham and I will continue to do so. And I think the more we can research, the more we can support causes, the more we can be creative. Like I'm just sitting here thinking, are there things like chemo buddies for people like myself who would want to go with you Mm. and sit and chat for the time that you've got your chemo? Do you know what I mean? I want I I want to be able to do that. I love to talk in it. We can talk about anything all day. And I know there are friends of mine that love to chat. And just those people that may not have a husband or may not have a boyfriend, may not have a mum. They're like myself. I'm here on my own in this country. My all my family live abroad. Mm. And if I were to go through chemo, it would have to be me kind of asking a friend. I don't really like asking anything anyway. Um, but I think it would be easier for a stranger to come with me because I wouldn't again feel so burdened. Mm. Um. But there must be ways that we can be creative in our community. So we have to pledge after this to start thinking of how we yeah. can really seriously touch others. I mean, I've I noticed when I was going through my journey, there was like a massive gap. Obviously, I didn't have support. Um, I mean, I found Black Women Rising a bit later. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have support in terms of trying to explain to my son what what I was going through with him he um he suffered a lot um and being so young it's like how do I articulate what I'm going through um how do I explain to him the changes like that for me was the hardest part and I wanted to support him I wanted to find some play therapy or something just something to help Mm. him and support him but I couldn't so I'm trying to work something out to support parents who are going through that with younger children I always found um stuff for like older children children over the age Mm. of 10 etc but what about the younger yeah because my daughter's five and I and I and you know so should I become cancerous in any form I, I wonder about that conversation mm. too and it's like grief like when my mum died um a, a, a 18 months ago I look for ways to have that conversation with her and for younger children that it was lacking there was no there was no re- you had no resources mm. to tap into that and then she became angry and I couldn't understand yeah. it and I was trying to grieve and she was trying to grieve mm-hmm. in different it ways was, it gets too much it gets too much yeah. What would you like to see as a change or to do other than your podcast, which will be in my link and I'm now following it? Just um, an openness around it. Mm. I, I don't know about you, but I just didn't think, I just didn't know how serious cancer was. Mm. I just didn't know how serious it was. I didn't know what chemo would do to me. You know, when you're looking, so I, I did join a face a support group on Facebook. Again, there's no one like me in there. There's no black or brown faces or very, very few. And so I found my community on Instagram through Black Women Rising. Um, and I'm grateful that I found them earlier on mm. because now I have got all these women of colour, these black women who sadly we're in, you know, no one wants to be in a cancer club. But thank God we found each other. Yeah. How many times do you say that? Thank God we found each other. Yeah. Yay. Um, but for me, I think it's really about awareness. And the conversations that I have with everyone is like, oh, I don't really check my body. So I'm on a mission. Check your teeth. I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know what? Today, yeah. today, I'm going to go on, put on two tunes. Have a feel up. Have a feel up. Mm-hmm. I'm not really in the masturbation thing, but... <laughs> We can still touch and explore. And I hope yeah. Yeah. anyone that's watching starts touching. 
Feel up yourself. Feel up your breast. Don't be looking for this golf ball like I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It could be as small Any as size. Yeah. a grape, a pea. And just to touch as what? Well, just to touch. Just to touch, touch on my touching. Yeah. Like touching your body doesn't have to be sexual. Mm. And I think that's why many women perhaps don't, and men as well, because they're like, "What am I touching my breast for? That's mm. that's for sex." No, your body gives life. Yeah. Mm. You when you're breastfeeding your baby, you don't think about my breasts are for sex. Yeah. You know they're for feeding your baby. So touching mm. your body. Getting to know your body isn't about sex. It's about understanding biology. Yeah. It's about understanding anatomy. It's about understanding what you really look like. How often do we really look at ourselves? We don't because, you know, we don't like this. We don't like that. So we don't stop and look at it. So if you don't like it and you don't stop and look at it, how are you going to know if it's changed? For the this better or worse. It. It's true. This is it. I've learned so much today. Um, Leanne and Dee, thank you for thank joining you. us on Winging It. This has been an awesome episode and I hope you took as much as I did from it thank you thank you